Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen. I want everyone, if you could open up your Bible with me as we look at the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2. And we're going to continue on our series titled Fulfillment. I'm so excited that today we could take communion during Christmas time. And, um, you know, as I was preparing the message this week and praying uh, uh, for all of us, I kind of, I had a feeling that today's message would be and kind of should be um, in a one way a celebration and then in another way sort of an intimate talk. And that's what going, we're going to do right now. We're celebrating and yet what we're looking at we need to kind of like engage in a, in a very intimate way. Because we're going we're gonna to peer into the birth of the King of glory, the Savior of the universe who was born in a manger. And last week we talked about the fact that fulfillment takes place by the reach of God. How many are thankful that Jesus reached into your life one day? How many are thankful that he continues to reach? If you don't know the Lord today, you just need to know that Jesus wants to reach right into your life. That's who he is. That's what he does. That's what the Christmas story is a powerful symbol and example of. It's all about God reaching down to, to minister to us. Now, today's message um, is, is another facet of, of that reaching. And it took place because Jesus literally came down to the earth for the purpose of fulfillment, of bringing about fulfillment. And when Jesus came down to the earth, we need to understand that that act of emptying himself of all of his glory was the greatest act of humility. Everyone say humility. It was the greatest act of humility of all time. Because God emptied himself of his glory and he came down and he took on human flesh even to the point of being born of a virgin. The son of God went through the birth canal of a human being and he was born and he was flesh and he was a little baby and he did it for some very specific reasons and we need to look at the Christmas story. There are some things that God wants to teach us and there's some very powerful, important things that he wants to remind us so that they could impact uh, uh, our lives today. And I want to tell you the title of the message before we read is Fulfillment Takes Place Through His Humility. All of this that we've experienced even today, all of the transformation, all of the, the power of Christ being released all throughout the earth, all throughout the years, all of those things happen because Jesus uh, 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 made the decision to humble himself and take on human form, take on human flesh, the form of a servant. How many know if he had not come to the earth, our lives would look very different? You see, if God had not humbled himself, life would be very different. All other religions, all other philosophies, they, they, they can't address this issue, this amazing, miraculous issue that God humbled himself of all of his glory and he came down to become one of us. So I want to read and then pray and ask the Lord to really speak to us today before we take this communion and celebrate the, the love and power of God. So let's go ahead. Uh, we're going to read the same passage of Scripture going through all 14 verses. Luke, 
uh, chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their, own t to their town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. This is the king of glory and he was born essentially in a stable because there was no room for him. And yet that's the way he chose to come. Let's keep going. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, the least of the, on the social class, on the ladder, the least of these were the shepherds. And that's who the angels brought revelation of what was happening. And it says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He's the Lord. Hallelujah. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. This amazing story took place because God was willing to humble himself and take on human form. And essentially what was happening when Jesus humbled himself was his humility was clearing the way for us. His humility was clearing the way. Now I want to pray right now. And I, you know, I, my prayer today is that as we think about the Christmas story over the next couple of weeks, that it wouldn't be just, just, oh, some people say, I can't stand the holidays. Maybe somebody even said that in this room. Nah. Yeah. Right? So, but, but. It's deep. Christmas is deep. And so let's pray. Let's open up our hearts and say, Lord, if you got something deep to say to me, say it to me, God. Speak to me. How many, how many would love to have the Lord speak to you today? So let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this service. Thank you for this day, this day of life. Thank you for this day of, to of togetherness, Lord. What a beautiful picture this is of all of us gathering together and if it wasn't for you Jesus we wouldn't be together if it wasn't for you Lord we wouldn't hug each other we wouldn't say Merry Christmas to one another it's all because you chose to humble yourself and take on the form of man so Lord I pray that um, your spirit would come now and become the teacher help my feeble lips but Lord Go past them and speak to every heart in life. Lord, minister to our hearts so that we can give you glory and so that we could honor you in the richest way possible. Bless this communion service and, and let everything that is said and done honor you. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So his humility was about him clearing the way for us. And the first thing that his humility cleared was his humility cleared the barriers of our relationships. His humility cleared the barriers of our relationships. So Jesus, the son of the most high God, the king of glory. Look at me for a second. The son of the most high God, the king of glory, chose to be born in a town that is famous to us, but back in the day was considered podunk nowhere. You see? It's, uh, Bethlehem of that time was considered just like, like no place. Jesus chose to be born in no place. And not only did he choose to be born in no place, but he chose to be born not just in no place, but not even in a room. He chose to be born in the lowest way possible, the most unexpected, the most unnoticed person, okay, was actually the king of glory. The most unrecognized person was actually the king of glory, and, and, you know, I was reading in USA Today this week, and so it turns out that this, uh, some guy um, uh, this past week, he threw a, a birthday party for his 18-year-old son, and he spent $4 million. And then last year, the year before, he threw a birthday party for his daughter's 15th, and that one he spent $6 million. Now, to tell you the truth, the first thing that I had thought about when I heard this is, man, we got to tell this brother about the Beyond campaign. <laughs> because somebody knows this brother, please give him a call. You know. But, but after that, here's what I thought about. I thought about the fact that God, if he wanted to, he could have spent a lot more than $4 million or $6 million. How many of God wanted to throw a party for the birth of his son? He could have blown the doors off of this entire universe. He could have thrown the most amazing celebration, the most incredible thing that we've ever known, greater than when Princess Di got married, greater than all of these great celebrations. If God wanted to, what he could have done would have always been known forever and ever and ever, but he didn't. And he didn't because he wanted us to understand that in his heart, he started with whoever we foolishly would consider to be low. He said, I came to start with the lowest of the lowest. So listen, listen, I want you to think about this. You see, he wasn't born in a palace he was born with animals so that we would know that in his heart there are no classes. And listen, here's the application. If the distance from heaven to the earth was great and Jesus closed that gap, how many would agree today that the distance between us is a lot shorter than the distance that he traveled. So there should be no barriers between us and anyone, anyone, anyone else. In other words, color doesn't matter. Education doesn't matter. Neighborhood doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where someone's been or where so, what someone's done. You think about how polarized and how divided our nation is and, and all of the sides that people are taking. And you know what? You're, everyone's entitled. Everyone's entitled to their political position. But how many would agree, we Christians, we should be above that and we should recognize even if someone doesn't believe what I believe about politics. It doesn't matter because there's no barrier between me and them. We should love the same way Jesus came down to love us. If he humbled himself, we should humble ourselves. Look at what the Bible says in Ephesians about this. 
Okay, Ephesians 2.14 says, for he himself is our peace. He has made the two groups one. It's talking actually about the Jews and the Gentiles, but this is a universal application. And has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. And what that means is that because we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we understand that Jesus started at the bottom because to him we're all at the bottom. How many know we all come from the same sewer of sin and we just thank God that his mercies are new every morning and he was willing to humble himself on our behalf. Everyone say no barriers. That means, that means, this is an interesting phenomenon of the Christmas season. I've noticed this since I was growing up. The seasons of celebration when family gets together, oftentimes are seasons that are packed with the most strife. In, in Cuba, they call it the chiki chiki. So people get together. And everybody's, ah, hola, como esta, hi, mwah, mwah. And meanwhile, back, back door, every day is like this little. <laughs> you see? Lots of people this, this year, this season, they'll meet with people and you're holding a grudge against them. When Jesus died to destroy that barrier. There, there's all sorts of unforgiveness. This Christmas season, amazing, incredible unforgiveness. And all we have to do is say, regardless of what someone did, no one stooped lower than Jesus. If Jesus could go down, we could humble ourselves and say, look, he let me off the hook. I'm going to let them off the hook. No barriers. Who cares about politics? When you, when you compare it to Jesus. Not even one amen. That's, I'm going to amen myself. <laughs> amen. That's right. That's right. Listen, it's okay to feel strong about, about politics, but not stronger than Jesus feels. Okay? This polarized nation, this polarized city, Needs people who can stand above the fray. You see, it's like, could you, Jesus is not up there going, oh my goodness, look at what the Republicans are doing. Look at what the Democrats are doing. How many know Republicans come and go, Democrats come and go, presidents come and go, but Jesus is on the throne forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. In excelsis Deo. Glory to God in the highest. Don't lose sight of that this Christmas season. Don't lose sight of that. Don't lose sight of that. You see, when you go by that homeless person, when you go by that, 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 that person who's kind of mean and nasty on the job, remember Jesus died for them. And by the way, remember that at one point in time, we've been mean and nasty to somebody too. Mm-hmm. Now, now he's messing with stuff. But it's true. You know, on, on, um, every Saturday I come in to study. And I, oftentimes when I get in, there's people cleaning this building. Um, and sometimes there's someone cleaning my office, which is so humbling to me. And when I look at them, see, I know. God has made this real to me a long time ago. Some people, pastors are overrated. Pastors get either too much credit or, damn. No, amen. I'm just kidding. Listen, pastors are overrated. They get too much credit, sometimes too much blame. But they get too much credit. See, everyone has a role to play. When I see those people cleaning the building, I'm like, Lord... I just want to live in their neighborhood in heaven. Because the Bible says the greatest among you will be what? The servant of all. See, Jesus doesn't look at things the way we look at things. Jesus is not impressed with people. Jesus is not impressed with anybody. You know, Jesus had to give his life so that we could be set free. That's what he knows. And so now, even though I say that, we know in heaven 
there'll be no classes. You know, there'll be no special neighborhoods. It'll just be every tribe, every tongue, joy unspeakable, worshiping the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Can we put our hands together? Come on, everyone, clap to the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Blessed be your name, O oh God. Blessed be your name. That's right. And so can I say this before we move on to the next point? Can I just say this? In a moment, we'll be taking communion. And when we take communion, one of the things that we do is we remember to forgive any and everyone. Because we recognize that Jesus died for the forgiveness of all. And there's a pain that you and I can feel because of what someone has done to us. But if we will humble ourselves, we will recognize that Jesus' pain for us was much greater. You see? And so it's a, it's a, it's a, this is a deep thing. This is a heart thing. Because it's not easy to forgive someone who profoundly hurt you. Maybe you're here today and your life has been impacted or traumatized because of what someone has done. The key to freedom is to set them free in your heart. No barriers, you know. And if you have something in your heart against people of different cultures, different races, different, let me tell you something, it's just nonsense. You see, Jesus didn't come for people in this part of the country or that part of the country or this part of the world. How many know he came and he went to a stable? So that no one, listen, no one could say, well, you see where Jesus landed, right? He landed with us. No. He went, he was with the donkeys. You see. But this should make our hearts so soft and tender for everyone so, so sensitive to everyone, even to the meanest of the meanest. God is able to take that rattlesnake person and turn them into a lamb. You know how we know. All we have to do is look in the mirror, don't we? You see? So, no barriers. His humility cleared the way between husband and wife. No barriers. Between family members, no barriers. Political affiliations, no barriers. All of those things, no barriers. That's the first thing. The second thing that his humility uh, cleared was his humility cleared the opposition of Satan. His humility cleared the opposition of Satan. I want you to think about this. Jesus took on human flesh to remove the oppression of Satan. And here's what happened. Jesus took on human flesh so that he could walk out his victory in the flesh. So that we could walk out our victory despite our flesh. You see? It says today... In the town of David, even though there's a devil, even though there's sinful evil, even though there's darkness, even though there's perversion, even though there's hate and ungodliness in the world, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah and the Lord. And Jesus, when he came to the earth, he was born as a baby just the way we were born. And he lived a perfect life. And then he went to Calvary and he was crucified for our sin and he justified us and after he justified us by paying that price he rose from the dead in victory so that we could put our faith in his victory and know that Satan has no power over us. Satan has no power over us. Hallelujah. He has no power over us. Sin shall not have dominion over you the Bible says. You see, 
And so our victory, and let me pause here. Let me, let me, let me put it against like something unique that happens during this time of the year. Do you know more people get depressed during this season and even contemplate taking their lives? If the musicians would come, they contemplate taking their lives more during this season than any season of the year. Crazy. But see, the reason that they do that is that they don't, they have all of these reasons. And maybe you're here today, you have all of these reasons for discouragement, for emptiness. And they're all true. Discouragement, emptiness, this, that, this. You know, bondage. You don't understand. My, my dad, my dad gave me a, a drink when I was eight years old. That's why I'm an alcoholic. You know, or, or, or my dad wasn't there, or my mom did this, or, or all of us, we have stories of reasons and which, which give us reasons to be crippled. But the story of Christ gives us a reason to walk in victory because he walked out that victory in his flesh so that we could walk out a victory in our flesh. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Victory is found in Jesus whom the sun sets free. It's free indeed. Hallelujah. So listen, listen very, very closely. The key, the key to victory over any kind of ungodly habit is to put your faith in his victory. When you put your faith in the victory of Christ, it becomes the launching pad of your victory. You see? It's, I was mentioning today, so maybe there's a couple here. And uh, husband's looking at the wife and saying, she'll never change. There's no hope for that sister. That's what we say when we're upset with each other. You know? And yet, listen. You may think she can't change, but how many know Jesus won the victory and she can change? Hallelujah. Ladies, I want you to know, ladies, I only chose you first because I always choose the men. But listen, he can change. An angry man can become a gentle and compassionate man. A man who's incapable of saying I love you can learn how to weep tears and say, forgive me, I love you. Why? Because we have Christ in us, the hope of glory when we accept Jesus. You see, it doesn't matter. Someone might be here today and, uh, um, uh, uh, and alcoholism has destroyed your life. You see, the bottle has ruined you. You see, but the power of Christ is able to have you go home and say, I'm throwing out every bottle and I will never touch one of those bottles ever again. Because whom the sun sets free, it's free indeed. Hallelujah. By the power of Christ, we can, we can uh, delete that number. By the power of Christ, we can delete those apps. You see, by the power of Christ, I can do all things. No, no, some people, no, I can only do some things. How many know it's not some things? It is all things through Christ who strengthens me. Could we put our hands together and say amen? That little baby was our hope. Our faith of victory in this life. You see, you can walk in victory in this life. Your marriage can have victory regardless of where it's been. Your heart, your mind, your body can have victory. Because that little baby grew into a man. He lived a sinless life. He was crucified. He declared on that cross, it is finished. Then they buried him in a tomb. And the Bible records that on, a, on the third day, 
he rose again in power. So that whoever puts their faith in Jesus. And look, I want to I wanna give you this promise. Hebrews 4.15 says this. For we do not, don't think for a second Jesus doesn't understand. Remember, he was born, a, a, he was born into this world just like you. It says, for we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in, everyone with me, every way. You don't know what I'm going through. Jesus knows what you're going through. You don't know what my battle is. Jesus knows what your battle is. Don't put your faith in your strength. Don't put your strength in your knowledge. Don't put your strength in anything else. Put your strength in the victory of Jesus. Put your strength, put your faith in his heart for your life. It is his will. It is the will of God to bring you into fulfillment. The Bible says, I know the plans that I have for you. They're plans to bless you and to prosper you, not to harm you. The devil has plans to harm you. How do we know Jesus has plans to bring fulfillment? That's his plan. But we have to put our faith in his victory. And we need to know that Satan was defeated on the cross because he came. Then here's the last thing. Here's the last thing and we'll close with this. We're going to take communion in a moment. His humility cleared the most important. His humility cleared the separation between man and God. There might be barriers between us. He dealt with that. We have battles with Satan. He dealt with that. But here's the biggest thing. The biggest thing is that the angels declared glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, everyone say this word with me. Ready? Peace. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Because he humbled himself and took on the form of man and lived the life that he willingly chose to live. He purchased our peace. Look at what Romans says. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on, that's a hallelujah right there. You know what the word justified means? It means that because of what Jesus did, it's just as if we had never sinned before. He lived the life that we couldn't live, paid the price that we couldn't pay, but since he paid for it, it's as if we never did it. And that's what justified means. And we have peace with God more than anything. What Jesus wants is a relationship with you and me. More than anything. Jesus is not interested in people going to church for, for an hour and 30 minutes or an hour and seven minutes and then forgetting about him. Jesus wants a relationship with every person here that goes far beyond the next few moments here. Jesus wants a relationship with us now and forever and ever and ever. How many know Jesus didn't die so people could just go to church? He died so that people could have a relationship with him. How many would say amen? So, we're about to take communion in a moment. And there's two facets to communion. The last, when we actually take communion, what we're going to do is we're going to search our hearts. And we're going to say, Lord... 
If there's any barrier between me and anyone else today, Lord, I release that thing. We'll do that in a moment. Another thing, God wants someone to, by faith, declare, Lord, you, die, you came to the earth, Lord, to clear the way, to move the devil out of my life. And today I'm going to turn my back on that unholy relationship, that unholy behavior. Whatever is displeasing to God, that unholy attitude, that resentment, you say, I'm turning my back on it. I want to take communion. I want to, I want to re renew, in a sense, my relationship with you. We're going to do that in a moment. But the Bible is very clear about us taking uh, um, communion. What the Bible says is don't do outwardly what you haven't done spiritually and inwardly. Because the, when you have a relationship with God, it begins in your heart. The Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. This is Jesus speaking. Anyone that will open the door and let me in, I'll come in. And essentially what he says is, and I'll be with them forever and ever and ever. That's how a relationship begins with Jesus. I did it on a baseball field. My wife did it when she was, uh, uh, I think, four years old or six years old in her, in her house. Lots of people in this church gave their heart to the Lord. We just had some amazing testimonies on a Tuesday night. Incredible testimonies of people giving their lives to God. A lot of them did it right here in this building, in this church. The greatest gift you could ever give is the gift of your heart and life to the greatest lover of your soul, Jesus Christ. And I wonder if you're here today and you're missing out on that amazing relationship. You see, he can destroy depression. He can destroy division. He can destroy defeat of every kind and every flavor. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. All of it starts with the relationship. So I want everyone, just for the next few moments, just close your eyes. If you're here today, and in the privacy of this moment, you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's as simple as praying a prayer. We're going to begin to pass out the emblems in a moment. But I wonder, is there anyone here who would say, Pastor Toledo, I want to invite Jesus into my heart. The Bible says we don't own tomorrow. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And whenever you feel the Lord knocking, how many know the wisest thing to do is open up the door of your heart. And if you're here and you know that the Lord is knocking at the door of your heart and you want to accept Jesus, just raise your hand right now. Anyone in the building? Yes, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Raise them up nice and high so that I could see. Hands are going up all over the building. Hold them up high just for a few moments. Thank you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hands are going up all over the building. I want to wait a few more moments. Last service, I just waited another few moments and then a hand shot up. Please, today, if you feel Jesus knocking at the door of your heart, raise your hand as a sign of surrender, as a sign of opening up that door. Thank you all over the building, hallelujah, blessed be the name of the Lord. You can go ahead and put your hand down right now. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray and then we're all going to take communion together. So everyone, just join together. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'll give you the words because you've never done this before. But God will hear your heart as you open the door. But let's all do this together. Everyone just repeat after me. Lord Jesus. I thank you for this wonderful day, a day that we could celebrate your birth. I thank you, Lord, for coming to this earth and taking on human flesh and then living a sinless life. Thank you for going to the cross and paying the price for the sin of mankind and in particular for my sin. When you came, Lord, 
I was on your mind. I was on your heart. And I thank you. Forgive me, Lord, for all of my sin, for all of the ways that offend you. I turn my back on them. And I open up the door of my heart to you. Come sit on the throne of my heart and be my Lord and my master, my savior, and my friend. Thank you for receiving me, even as I receive you. Amen. Amen. Could we put our hands together right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name, oh God. Everyone who raised your hand and prayed that prayer, I want to congratulate you and welcome you to the family of God. All of the angels of heaven are rejoicing over your life. Hallelujah. You belong to him. You belong to him and he belongs to you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If you raised your hand, hopefully one of our uh, ushers gave you a gift box. That box has a Bible in it and a note and a couple of other things to help you start your new relationship with God. If you have a moment, we would love for you to just fill out the info and give it to uh, one of the ushers on your way out. We'll just kind of reach out and try to make a, 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 just a nice connection with you to help you however we can in your new relationship with God. Now, come on team. Now what we're going to do is we're going to take communion together and they're going to begin to pass out the bread which symbolizes the body of Christ and the, and the cup of juice which, which represents the blood of Jesus. As we take it now, this is what everyone needs to start doing. Start to search your heart. This is a very solemn time. Just start to search your heart. You don't have to look around. You'll know when it gets to you. You could even close your eyes. And as you're searching your heart, this is when you're getting right with God. You're letting the Spirit of God speak to you and you're speaking back to the Spirit of God and saying, Lord, I, you want me to drop that barrier, I give it up today. I forgive. You want me to turn away from that today, Lord. I turn away from it. I delete it, whatever it is. I throw it out. You know. And then we're going to celebrate by taking his body and blood together. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. They're going to just sing, oh, come let us adore him quietly as we just search our hearts. We'll wait a few moments. Let us adore him. Oh,
Praise the Lord. The Bible says, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Bill and Maria LaLuce are deacons here, and I'm gonna ask Maria to pray for the bread. This body, this bread symbolizes the body of Christ that was broken. The Bible says by our stripes, by his stripes we are healed. And we'll, she's gonna pray and thank God for his body and then we'll take it together. Oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father God, you gave us the bread of life, Father God. So we, Father God, whatever hurts our life, Father God, you know, Father, that you said here is bread of life for your freedom, Father God. You went to the cross and you died for us, Father God. And by your stripe, yes, we are free and we are healed, Father God. So we thank you. We thank you so much to give us the opportunity to be part of your body, Father God. And in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. May we Amen. receive our bread. Amen. Take the bread. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Brother Bill now is going to pray for the cup which symbolizes the new covenant. It means that Jesus with his own blood wrote a new contract. We're contract breakers, but he's the contract keeper. And we're going to thank him for the blood that forgives us of each and every sin and provides a way of forgiveness for all. Brother Bill, would you pray? Father, we bless you at this moment, O oh Lord. Thank you, Lord, that over 2,000 years ago, Lord, you went to Calvary to shed your blood, O oh God, to cleanse us from all our sins and unrighteousness. And so, Father, we are so grateful, Lord, that you thought about us, O oh God, that you went beyond, O oh God, unconditional love, O oh God. And, Lord, we take this now as a symbol, Lord God, that, Lord, we're in one heart, one spirit here, O oh God. We thank you, Lord, as a body of Christ, what you did for us. And so, fathers, as brothers and sisters, we become united as one now, fathers. We partake of this cup because we do this as a command that you gave us, as a symbol of your love for us. So, Father, we thank you and we bless you. And, Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's take the cup together. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's lift our hands. Let's put our hands together and clap to Jesus and thank him for forgiveness. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Thank you. Thank you for freedom and forgiveness, oh God. Thank you for victory and new life. Lift your hands. Let's sing, oh come, let us adore him. Hallelujah.
has been cleared and that we walk out of here with clear hearts, clear minds, clear consciences, clear relationships. And Father, I pray that you would release your people now to be instruments of your powerful love and peace. Release them, O oh God, to unite together, God, with all of their loved ones. And God, wherever they go, to bring your amazing love and your message of peace, God. Thank you for this day, and thank you for all that you've done in our hearts and in our homes. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. Hey, take a few moments and greet one another on your way out.